0: Hello and welcome to and 4A Reviews, the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and this week we have a mini episode that may not be super mini, and I'm rejoined by my husband, Benjamin, who has requested that we do something a little bit different to what I've done previously. Do you want to elaborate, Benjamin?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. This is going to be an interview of you. Oh, no. And also a discussion about, I'm going to call it the Tom Cruise elephant in the room, because I don't feel like even just as your husband and watching this whole obsession grow uh that i'm the only person that thinks about the crucifant the, the cruise elephant the crucifant we're gonna call it that and so today i'm gonna ask you some hard questions oh boy get ready for it these are gonna be some hardline questions
0: you promised me that it wouldn't be that hard okay
1: they're not gonna be that hard but it's late boxing day we've had a couple of drinks so got a little bit of christmas cheer We've eaten all of our leftovers and even cooked more and we've doubled up on Christmas roast. I think we're ready for this.
0: Okay, well, I'm uh, kind of terrified because I um, I have acknowledged on my podcast multiple times that there are problematic parts of Tom Cruise's personal life and his history that I'm not super on board with, but I've also just kind of conveniently pretended they don't really exist because that serves me really well. So I'm a little bit nervous, but let's just do it. We may as well, we may as well do it. All right. right.
1: First hard question. Oh, Get ready for it. How many times have you watched Mission Impossible Fallout in the last year? Don't answer a question. Would it be closer to 20 times or 30 times?
0: I was talking about this with my sister the other day. Uh, I would say at least 20 times.
1: At least 20 times. I think so, yeah. I I've mean, been, I've been, I believe it based <laughs> on the amount of times that I've come home and you've been watching it. I believe that.
0: It's a really good movie that I can play when I'm doing other things.
1: It is a... Pretty good movie, yeah.
0: It's a really good movie, and yeah, I've watched it enough now that I don't have to watch every minute of it. Except whenever a good bit comes on, I stop whatever I'm doing and watch it. So,
1: have you ever watched another movie more than twenty times? Oh, Speed. It's now Speed and Mission Impossible Fallout.
0: No, well, growing up, I used to watch my favorite action movies like Speed, True Lies, Terminator 2, probably Die Hard with a Vengeance, just constantly. But this is up there with obsessively watching an action movie again and again.
1: That's what it needs to be. It needs to be a very good action movie for you to watch it more than 20 times.
0: Based on my history, yes.
1: Had you watched any of those other action movies more than 20 times in one year?
0: Surely Speed. I reckon when I've, I watched Speed for the first time in like 1995, 1996, and I reckon I watched that a lot.
1: Well deserved.
0: Yes, it is. It's a wonderful film.
1: On that note, why couldn't it have been Keanu Reeves that you got obsessed with instead of Tom Cruise?
0: I, I've done that. I was It 14.
1: would have been less weird. <laughs>
0: I was 14 years old when I became obsessed with Keanu Reeves, like super obsessed. So people always ask me, what's your next step with once you've done all the Tom Cruise movies, are you going to do Keanu Reeves? I'm like, well, I've actually done that. When I was 14, I I hired every single movie I could get my hands on of Keanu Reeves. And there is quite a lot of garbage in there. I love him and I love a lot of his movies, but there are many, many shit movies.
1: So before Cruise, we call that BC, before (laughs) Cruise, it was Keanu Reeves. I guess so. Okay. What is the Tom Cruise elephant in the room?
0: Uh, Ah, he's strange personal life i guess
1: would you call it like an overarching strange personal life or just a couple of specific things
0: well i guess the main one is his scientology it's um, a pretty big one because i believe that is actually what shapes a lot of those questionable parts of his social of his um, private life like i think without scientology he would be a pretty regular guy
1: all right well before we get into that we'll backtrack two seconds and i'll put it out there that one thing that I understand, and one thing that I 100% agree with is that if you had to break apart every movie star in the world people that you consider movie stars Mm -hmm. that if you had to just pick one that was the movie star that tom cruise would be it
0: yes and i think i would say that even before i came to love tom cruise i feel like he is still the biggest movie star like everyone in the world knows who tom cruise is
1: i think um there's i can't remember i don't know the exact quote but there's um a thing where someone was talking to clint eastwood one day Um, about movie stars and Tom Cruise. And Clint Eastwood suggested that 100 years from now, when people are looking back on this era of uh, film, that people will look at this generation or the last 20 years, that the biggest celebrity would be undoubtedly uh, Tom Cruise, at least as far as acting is concerned. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting note, but...
0: If Clint Eastwood's saying that, that must be... It's a pretty He's a bit weird these days too. He's a bit weird. They've they've all gone weird, unfortunately. That's what being a rich white man in Hollywood does to you.
1: But all right, if if so, you've got, you've got this like understanding where there might be more of a general consensus that yes, Tom Cruise is the biggest Hollywood megastar. When did that happen?
0: Uh, that happened pretty much as soon as um Risky Business came out like he was nothing and then suddenly he became huge like overnight because risky business was a huge... But he wouldn't
1: but he wouldn't have had that Tom Cruise movie star feel just no. yet. No.
0: Okay, so that's when he became like a heartthrob I guess. Hmm. And everyone, you know, every teenage girl or non-straight person, non-straight boy out there was like, "Oh, wow, look at him." Uh, as far as like super film starry. Wow, I don't know.
1: I think there's um so there's a period from what I understand where hold on what's the thing here tom cruise was the first actor to appear in five consecutive movies that grossed more than 100 million in the u.s which was a few good men the firm interview the vampire mission impossible and jerry maguire so i think we're going from 1992 to 1997 there Mm -hmm. maybe the end of that period where he became the most reliably bankable star that was really where it kicked off
0: yeah that's um probably true i think though by the time by the late 80s though from my understanding he was like every magazine had him in there but then am i thinking of it like a Tween girl perspective. Just because he was in every single tween yeah. magazine, does that mean he was a movie star? Um, yeah, but maybe the maybe the early nineties. Maybe like what was his first big big film?
1: Like big big film? Oh geez, I mean, it would have been those those ones at the end there, like a few good men, and the firm, and Interview with the Vampire.
0: Do you think maybe a few good men might have been what it was because he went from just being like something young women were super into
1: doing an Aaron Sorkin
0: to just courtroom, courtroom <laughs> drama to doing stuff like dads are super into, and so. Now I can't he-
1: remember any specific line from the movie, but I'm sure there's a popular one in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a really good movie.
1: Don't talk to me like that, Jack Nicholson. That was the line. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what? Okay, what is it about Tom Cruise that you think makes him a movie star? What gives him that extra level above everybody else? It can't just be box office receipts, right?
0: No, because... Even though he was
1: very bankable, but there's plenty of movie stars that have been continually bankable.
0: I think... One of the things is that Tom Cruise went from nothing to being like a a movie star really quickly. Like, he didn't have like a slow burn or anything. Like, even Brad Pitt was in some real rubbish films to begin with. Whereas Tom Cruise was in one film where he was in it for a couple of minutes. And then all of a sudden, he was one of the, the main actors in every film. And he's been like, except for the ones where he's done it as like a favor, he has been the main star of every film he's been in pretty much since then. So, and I
1: suppose something you could argue as well is that with Tom Cruise comes almost like an assurance of quality.
0: Yeah, because there's been very few duds.
1: Yeah, like even the ones I I won't watch, and no, I will not watch. Like
0: Night and Day, the greatest film of all (laughs) time? I will
1: not watch Night and Day. I'm (laughs) sure it's great.
0: It's wonderful!
1: (laughs) No, but even then, like, it's not like... He's had a couple of movies where people have gone, ah, it's been like a little bit of a flop in terms of things, or it wasn't the most enjoyable movie in the world, but there's never been like a catastrophic movie that he did. He didn't make Battlefield Earth in the middle of the 90s, which there was an alternate reality where he might have. But he was smart enough not to do that at the time. He didn't continue to be smart all the way through. But that was for other reasons. But we'll get to that. All right. Going back to sort of like Tom Cruise, I would say that there are a few things in terms of his personality and his presence that make him that next level of like movie star. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that he presents himself. And mm-hmm. the way that he talks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, bar a certain period of his life, the way that he's kept his, private, his life relatively private. Yeah. Which he didn't do well for a period there, but we'll get to that. His mm-hmm. very, very, very good choice in movies. And also that he's been pretty smart on the back end of his movies of actually being a producer in a lot of his movies and a lot of the movies that he's involved in getting a lot of the control and a lot of the say in terms of how he's presented um, because he does a lot of them through his own production company with Paula Wagner who he's had as a partner for a very very long time at this point Mm. because there's always the stories that I remember sort of like I remember with Mondo uh, doing posters and they were wanting to do some Mission Impossible stuff but they were talking about the frustrations that they had working with Tom Cruise because he only had like a handful of reference images that he would allow to go out into the sphere of his likeness they had such a, con- a tight control of the way that he is distributed and presented to this world that mm-hmm. the people around him and his uh, PR company and and his production company must have a very 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 tight sway on how that how that comes out
0: So like yeah you got me that. Tom Cruise doll last Christmas
1: yeah he doesn't do that
0: he doesn't do that like that's the only one and I don't I still haven't worked out if that actually like officially like Tom Cruise okayed that because it's a Japanese company like I haven't it looks legit but I don't know maybe
1: he because he's so popular in Japan he made an exception for a Japanese toy
0: yeah so he doesn't have action figures in his likeness he doesn't have video games based on his movies using his likeness like basically I think he's just so strict on what the public can do with his image that you know it kind of means we don't get to use him in a video game. I guess that's part of what has kept the Tom Cruise ship really tight. And, you know, except for that period we're going to talk about soon. Yeah, everything has been really manufactured to be really presented really nicely to the public.
1: What if we played a small game where you have to describe things about Tom Cruise's life, but they have to have nothing to do with his movies? So if you had to name five things that came to your head that define Tom Cruise to everybody outside of his movies, what would they be?
0: To everyone.
1: To everyone.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I guess the first one would be his religion. Religion. Most people, when I say I love Tom Cruise, they're like, ooh, but he's a Scientologist. So I feel like that is the first thing a lot of people think of. I'd say the next thing would be his physical looks, especially his... Teeth because people seem really hung up on the fact he doesn't have perfect teeth. Uh, and that, I don't know if that's an, another one or if it's under the same banner. His height is another one people relentlessly go on and on about, which I think is bullshit because who cares if he's not that tall? Americans aren't that tall. And also. How tall know, is he? He's five foot seven. How tall am I? You're five, nearly five foot nine.
1: So I'm taller than Tom Cruise.
0: You are taller than Tom Cruise. Good. That's right. Well, we've got to, gone to America. You and I tower over Americans. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's how I know Americans are short. Look, I don't
1: care about anyone else. I just want to be taller than Tom Cruise. Okay.
0: <laughs> what else? His love life would be another one because his many loves. Yes. Well, not not that many. He's been married three times, and he's had a couple of relationships outside of those, like with Cher, with um, Penelope Cruz, probably someone else.
1: Can you imagine a world where Tom Cruise and Cher were like the power couple?
0: Yeah. Well, it was in the '80s, so she was. She's like 30. Years older than him. Well, 20 years oh. older than him. Um, it was very good because uh, she says very nice things about how he was the best lover she's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from Cher, that's a huge compliment.
1: <laughs> also, I almost don't believe it.
0: <laughs> she said that. <laughs>
1: from everything I'm reading about these things, it doesn't seem like sex is uh, big on the uh, top of the importance list. He was, for... It was
0: the 80s and he was a young young man, so... All
1: right, well, let's go back to Tom Cruise's young man because we're going to lead into this and then go straight into to, to the 90s. Okay, so... Do you know much about Tom Cruise's childhood? Have you read much about that? Yeah, a little bit. So he has been said in many interviews that he uh, had a very bad relationship with his father, that Mm -hmm. his father was uh, abusive, that he was an alcoholic, that he was a bully, and Tom Cruise has actively called him a coward who just left him and his mum, and that he was mostly looking after his mother with the bills um, and trying to... to get through their lives like that apparently he moved schools uh, an insane amount um so he went to uh 15 different schools in a 12-year period jesus and i kind of like i'm a psychology student but like that can't be good for a human being no I- i'm not sure what that does to a person but i suppose it puts you in lots of situations where you do become a new person you do get bullied and you do strive for that want to be popular and that want to be admired and that want to, want to be liked. And maybe that was fairly intrinsic into his desire to want to be a mega famous movie star because he says often that this is something he wanted from the get-go.
0: Well, maybe because my mum... Her, my grandfather was a small town police officer, and they would move to different small towns every year or two. So my mum did that a lot. She struggled with it because she's not a Tom Cruise type who probably goes, all right, gotta put the show on to for the students so I don't get bullied. Whereas mum did get bullied and stuff because she was always changing schools and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I would say maybe that's how he started realize he liked acting because every time he went to a new school, he'd be like, I have to act like here's Tom Cruise, please don't bully me.
1: And it looks like like if you look at the way that he presents himself and uh, the religion that he's part of and the way that they operate in terms of it being very much a, outside of the more controversial aspects, It's more, it, it acts like a self-help company more than it does a religion uh, in some aspects of the way that they do things. Um, and the way that he presents himself a lot of the times uh, in public and, and in even the way that he acts in movies It kind of has that glean of someone that's gone through, like, leadership training and uh, is, like, the CEO of a company and they come out there and they they know how to greet each person individually in this very sort of, like... Almost Not robotic, it's like a very good robot that's, that just knows exactly how to do it manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but with religion, like it wasn't just Scientology that was a huge interest to him. But, because apparently throughout the 80s, he was actually fairly, really interested in um, other forms of uh, Christianity. He wanted to become a priest at some stage. He's, he was do- a
0: hardcore Catholic from... Like a young age. Yeah. Until his first wife converted him.
1: And his first wife was Mimi Rogers. Mm-hmm. And she introduced him to Scientology, which he was in at the time. Which she was in at the time. Yes. So what year would this have been?
0: He became a Scientologist in 1990.
1: In 1990. Yes. And I know... Somewhere he sort of said that he has found Scientology to be a very helpful thing to him, that it helped him recover from dyslexia. And that was one of the things that sort of like got him in at the, in the early nineties and different to a lot of celebrities out there where there's a lot of celebrities like Paul Haggis or Jason Lee, uh, who have ended up moving away from Scientology or coming out even against it, which I kind of imagine is an easy thing because of um, the way that they operate with what they call suppressive persons, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll explain in a little bit. But he has stayed with it and been at the forefront of it and been a face of it for pretty much the entirety of that time. I think there's a lot of reports that when he did become a Scientologist in the early 90s, that Scientology really took a liking to him and saw him as someone that if they looked after correctly, and they were good to, that he could be part of their strategy to normalize Scientology throughout the world. Because they had a big focus in in Scientology at the time of utilizing celebrities to get them forward. Mm-hmm. There's another big celebrity that was starting to get popular around 1999-81, uh, Bart Simpson.
0: Oh, um, Nancy Cartwright. Yeah,
1: Nancy Cartwright's also been a lifelong Scientologist. And yeah, she started to get famous in 1999 1992 So I think Scientologists were able to go around and say, hey, the voice of Bart Simpson's a Scientologist.
0: Uh, do you think, I mean, it's the Simpsons is a Simpsons, so we can't really say that Scientology helped make that famous. But do you think with those sort of the big celebrities they're really excited to have on board, do you think that they use whatever they can in their power to help make that person more suc- successful? Oh, well. One hundred
1: percent. Like, like I mean, that's why. Like they, a- they, they literally have centers called celebrity centers. I think they still demand that and ask that people who are celebrities still pay their dues and still, you know, the amount of money that Tom Cruise and Nancy Cartwright would have contributed to Scientology over the years must be absolutely astronomical. Mm-hmm. Like, given sort of regular sort of like um, religions, like uh, Pentecostal re- uh, Christianity, uh, what they ask of people that are pretty well-to-do, they still ask for 10%. So, what, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is worth, worth a- 560 500- million? His possibility is 50 million dollars to Scientology over the years.
0: Oh, probably at least, so.
1: Before we get heavily into sort of some other aspects, I just want to go to this uh, quote from Mimi Rogers uh, about their split up that she gave to Playboy magazine in 1993 um, she said here's the real story Tom was seriously thinking of becoming a monk at least for that period of time it looked as though marriage wouldn't fit in his overall spiritual need and he thought he had to be celibate to maintain the purity of his instrument adding my instrument needed tuning Ooh. <laughs> That's straight from Mimi Rogers. That's pretty interesting. So maybe spirituality in in a broad level was just something that has been important to him his entire life and something that will continue to be important to him. But it just shifted straight up from Catholicism and being a, being a monk uh, in the late 80s to he found the uh, writings of Mr. L. Ron Hubbard in 1990 and something just clicked with him.
0: So didn't they split up? before he became Scientologist?
1: So they must have. So maybe he introduced it to him and after they split up he he found found the religion.
0: Yeah, maybe he looked when they split up he's like well, I'm going to look into this thing to give me some peace or I don't know whatever people got a religion for.
1: The 90s for Scientology was a very different time from the current era because Scientology all the Scientology stuff sort of turned on its head in the early 2000s because of the prevalence of the information that you could find out about Scientology on the internet. But in the early 90s you couldn't just really go onto the internet and be like what are the secrets of Scientology? And they wouldn't just pop up. Um, Paul Haggis, the director of um, Crash, the movie that won the Academy Award most undeservingly uh, (laughs) in the mid 2000s, uh, wrote an article one time where he talked about the experience of what actually happens when you get to a certain level in Scientology. And you go through your opening few ranks and once you become, and forgive me if I'm a little bit wrong on the details here, um, operating at level three, which is sort of like your rank in in Scientology, depending on how well you're doing. Your goal is to become clear, to become pure from certain negative uh, constructs and thoughts and once you get to a certain level uh paul in paul haggis's case he was taken to a room in in a scientology building where you got put into a room with a briefcase by yourself and you're given an hour you open up this briefcase and they start detailing a bunch of let's call them secrets of the universe and a lot of the secrets of the universe are things that i can't really describe them properly concisely here but either watch the south park episode about scientology or look it up on the google but some broad nice beautiful key points are uh that there is an intergalactic uh bad guy called lord xeno there are spirit and souls in our bodies that need to be expelled uh because they are the remnants of aliens who were put into these big machines uh, above the earth and they uh Expel their souls and they ended up in the volcanoes of Hawaii and look this might not be exactly right but even any variation of that's gonna sound as ridiculous as that sounded but to be fair you know like I guess that's no different to saying hey there's a there's a guy in the sky that that created earth in seven days or a little bits of pieces it could all be silly I could all but not be silly I'm but I'm not going to defend this version of Scientology but this is what happens at a certain point. But this is after you've like invested twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars probably into the actual uh self help classes that you've been doing to leading you to that point and all your friends at this point are Scientologists because it's very much a culture that encourages you to only surround yourself with Scientologists, because other people are considered SPs, who are suppressive persons, who are persons that uh, are not positive thinkers. They're not people that are good to be around. And the religion actively encourages you to remove yourself or to distance yourself or on a more hardline level to disassociate yourself with those people.
0: But don't you have to have done something to be listed as a suppressive person? No. Really?
1: No. So There's some of the, the, the things that can make you a suppressive person are light.
0: Yeah, but it's not as if you are, by not being a... Scientologist you're immediately a suppressive person because Tom Cruise has relationships with plenty of non-Scientologist people like Christopher McQuarrie who does who writes most of his films now like he's not a Scientologist I know he was became best buds with Will Smith for a while I think to recruit Will Smith and Will Smith kind of went no thanks but you maybe know maybe they're
1: all Scientologists
0: maybe they're all secret Scientologists no. maybe this
1: is the biggest conspiracy of Hollywood maybe everyone is a goddamn Scientologist
0: except the shouty ones who say they're not I, guess. Oh, I
1: know, we'll figure it out. We'll start asking people to name names. We'll put them up in court. We'll get them to name who the other Scientologists are and if they don't do it, we'll get them in trouble. This will not fail. This is a perfect solution. It's, it's, this can't fail. It's a completely it, good idea.
0: Isn't that what happened with communism? And- I don't
1: know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, now, okay, so after Mimi Rogers, he got into a relationship, very saucy, sexy relationship over multiple movies with one Australian darling, Nicole Kidman. Is
0: she darling? I don't
1: know. What do you reckon?
0: I don't like I've never liked her, but... Wow. I don't think she's a very good actress. Oh, she's
1: no Tom Cruise.
0: No, Cr- Cruise. Cruise?
1: <laughs> she is no Tom Cruise.
0: I just never, never have liked her acting at all, uh, least of all in the uh, movies that she's in with Tom Cruise.
1: Sounds like a whole bunch of jealousy to me, Tara. Uh,
0: I felt that way before. I liked Tom Cruise, so thank you very much.
1: Their life was very, very private. They had a couple of kids. They uh, broke up in 2001. Mm-hmm. I believe it was... Uh, they broke up in 2001. Mm-hmm. And... And whilst it was a bit of a tabloidy thing at the time, it would be nothing comparative to what happened a few years later when he uh, found someone else that he was pretty interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had a nickname.
0: Tomcat. Tomcat. Gotta hate those nicknames.
1: And this is sort of the point where up until this very point, I don't think that anything before this, including the Scientology stuff, is really why people would be like, Tom Cruise? You're doing a podcast on Tom Cruise? Everything that happened over the next few years is why people do it. Is there a timeline here? What do we reckon?
0: Uh, I was meant to look that up because it was we a this. it was a
1: roller coaster of a few so years. So what, he had what after came this. first?
0: When he did the, what was that interview he did about that he talked about Scientology and like Brooke Shields? He got Brooke Shields. That so.
1: happened after. So the first thing that happened was he got up on a couch with Oprah Winfrey.
0: And I, I reckon go everyone should go watch that scene again.
1: What happened, Kara?
0: He was really excited to <laughs> tell. <laughs> he's really excited to tell Oprah about his new relationship with he
1: sure was
0: which may or may not have been set up by Scientology I don't I think if it was set up by Scientology I don't necessarily think that Katie Holmes was necessarily in on it I believe she was kind of a pawn if that's what happened yeah he talks about his relationship with Katie Holmes and he is so excited and so overjoyed with his new love that he jumps up on the couch and jumps around and we think that's back then especially we looked at that and we're like that's crazy how could he behave like that but I look at it through a lens of like who i am now and i think that it was kind of a sexist like misogyny thing because here is this straight man declaring his love so passionately for a woman he loves people are like that's that's embarrassing like men aren't meant to show how much they love their partner like he did and that's why i think it was such a big deal i think if he did that now or someone did that now everyone would be like okay, like, if keanu reeves did that back then everyone would be like fucking crazy man if he did that now everyone would be like wow he's such a he's just a sweetheart i think
1: i'm not sure if it was just like just from that. i think it was more because it was tom cruise like people yeah. hadn't seen the biggest movie star in the world act that fucking weird before to get up giddy is like a teenage boy being like
2: i'm in love i'm in love
1: and then, like i just remember like it was just when like youtube was starting and people were just starting to edit edit youtube things and like because like tom cruise is like grabbing over when for his arms but there was this one great video where he had the emperor from star wars laugh and he was doing cackling lightning and oprah the entire <laughs> time so that was a big weird thing everyone was talking about what a bloody weirdo tom cruise was but he didn't stop there but we're gonna put like tom cruise getting excited about his new girlfriend in the line of things as just a bit weird mm-hmm. that's not this isn't like the worst thing that ever happened
0: people still focus just, on it really badly though it's just a bit of Bloody yeah. weird
1: thing from In to the do.
0: grand scheme of things, it was strange, but it wasn't like. You don't terrible. cancel
1: a person for yeah. getting excited about. There The next thing is how people get cancelled. So there was a very famous interview he did with Matt Lauer on the US Today show, in which. And we're just going to presume he didn't have a publicist at this time.
0: I think he invited these publicists. There
1: is a story behind this, but we're going to get back to this. Okay. And he talked to Matt Lauer and, uh, about a bunch of things that, if he had any sort of sensible PR person, would not have been on a list of things that anyone should talk to him about. That said, he's a celebrity. It's in the national interest. We should absolutely talk to this person that wants to talk on, on big TV uh, about their religion and how they feel about it. Um, so we talked a lot about uh, psychiatry and how much Tom Cruise did not like that somehow. And I'm still a little bit confused. I have to, I would have to actually read the transcript to understand how. But they got on to Brooke Shields taking a medication for postnatal depression?
0: So my understanding... So he's friends with Brooke Shields. Was, so one of his his first movie, which was Endless Love. Ooh, she's in it. So I presume they've been friends since then. And I, I think she'd just come out talking about postnatal depression. And so maybe Matt Lauer was like, hey, but you're friends with this person. And they've said this. What do you think about that? I think that's what happened.
1: It was a really weird interview. Because, you know, in like movies where Tom Cruise is acting like a little bit of a scary ass... And he gets this certain tone on. He's got mm. this like tom it's real it's one of your cruisesms. Like yeah. like a real certain tone where you're like, he's not a man to be striped with. Yeah. He put that on in an interview in public. And like there's just a couple of little notes here. Like, so they're talking about Ritalin. And Cruz is saying to Matt Lauer, Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know Ritalin is a street drug? Do you understand that? Matt Lauer says the difference is, and Cruz cuts him off, saying, No, Matt, I'm asking you a question. Lauer says, I understand there's abuse of all these things, and Cruz says, No. You see, here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a, that's a big swing. Like, <laughs> Matt Lauer says, do you examine the possibility that these things do work for some people? That yes, there are abuses. And yes, maybe they have gone too far in certain areas. Maybe there are too many kids on Ritalin. Maybe electric shock. Crew says, too many kids on Ritalin? Lauer, I'm just saying, but aren't these examples where it works? Cruz, Matt, Matt, Matt. You're glib. You don't know what Ritalin is. If you start talking about chemical imbalance, you have to evaluate and read the research papers on how they came up with these theories. Matt, okay? That's what I've done. You go and say, where's the medical test? Where's the blood test? Say how much Ritalin you're supposed to get. And you should. You should do that also, because just knowing people who are on Ritalin isn't enough. They should be a little bit more responsible. It was, it it left a, a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And like these, this happened relatively soon after the Katie Holmes thing. So all the tabloids were talking about Tomcat. Cruises up on a couch, shaking over Winfrey like a maniac. He's going on to US national television, going international for saying fairly controversial things about psychiatric uh, medication and therapy. And then he got followed up with what probably blew it out the water even a little bit harder is he got a, a South Park episode dedicated to him and it's a pretty infamous episode if you've never seen it please go and watch it it's called trapped in the closet but a few of the key points in it uh other than some vaguely homophobic jokes they actually talk about scientology as a whole they they show tom cruise to be a pretty very 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 self conscious uh and, and shy person about his personality and image in it which is kind of why he's going off the rails a little bit and they show the actual story behind Scientology and how it operates it was it was when Scientology was starting to really really come up uh in the news and some of the weird secrets behind it were starting to come out so not only was Tom Cruise the guy that got weird up on the couch um saying weird things about psychiatry on today's show he was the guy that was at the forefront of this religion that does that and pretty soon after this, I think he was considered a bit of a laughingstock and that he was almost intentionally, through his own behaviour, kind of, I think following the South Park episode, he was almost intentionally causing havoc to his own career.
0: I, mean, I don't think he was intentionally doing it in that he's like, fuck it, throw caution to the wind, I'm just going to be out and loud and be authentically me, I think. Like, did he fire his publicist? Is that what...
1: Yeah, so what ended up happening was like, after this whole period, um, Mission Impossible 3 came out. It apparently did okay. It was apparently performing under, like, by, under by like Tom Cruise standards. Um, it's a fucking
0: good film, so that's a <laughs> fucking outrage if you ask me.
1: But the uh, chairman of Viacom at the time, uh, Sumner Redstone, uh, Viacom also owns Comedy Central, which does South Park, but did South Park at the time, by the way. But Paramount Pictures through Viacom um, had done a partnership with Tom Cruise for about 14 movies straight or something uh, previously to that. And they dropped uh, Tom Cruise's production company and said they were ending the relationship for the time being and summer redstone actually talked to the wall street journal and said the quote we don't think that someone who effectuates creative suicide and costs the company revenue should be on the lot his recent conduct has not been acceptable to paramount that's pretty wild this wasn't a person that like was in a current day and age of the me too movement of doing mm, cancer, stuff, culture, cancer oh. culture and being like uh, accused of like sexual Uh, assaults or or doing things particularly weird this is effectively a person that made some really really shitty pr decisions apparently a couple of years before all this happened he had a a publicist called pat kingsley who he'd had for 14 years Mm. and pat would constantly uh ask him to keep scientology out of every interview and apparently that caused friction between the two until he let uh them go and then got a new publicity team made up made up of his sister and some of his, some Scientologists. Oh. And so it became on the, it came on the cards to say, yep, you could talk about Scientology. And I think they're going to call this one lesson learned because this obviously blew out to a point where he was easily the most talked about celebrity in the world at that particular point And for, all of the wrong reasons Mm. apparently they got a new publicist fairly soon after and they basically went into damage control and it was just about making some sort of tactical uh movie choices so we started moving on to more sort of drama films and trying to keep his private life as private as possible again. It didn't help. Uh, About a year later, a video got leaked. It was about a 10-minute video of an interview he did for a Scientology conference, Mm. in which he sits down and he talks about his relationship to Scientology. And on top of hearing about all the other stuff, it was effectively just proof of how weird and strange and unusual his relationship is with the weirdest popular religion that exists in America and around the world and just how into it he really is because his interview in it was really really serious really surreal and really really strange
0: that's what we just watched right we did yeah
1: listen to this clip from the video
2: I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist and it's something that you have to earn and because a Scientologist does he or she has the ability to create new and better realities and improve conditions uh being Scientologist you look at someone and you know absolutely that you can help them so for me it really is KSW and it's just like it's it's something that uh I don't mince words with that you know with, with anything that LRH does but that policy to me has really gone boy and I, 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 every time I went through I said you know what When I read it, you know, I just went, this is it. This is exactly it. Being a Scientologist, when you drive past an accident, it's not like anyone else. As you drive past, you know you have to do something about it, because you know you're the only one that can really help. But that's that's what drives me, is that I know that we have an opportunity and uh, to really help the first time I have effectively change people's lives and uh, I am dedicated to that. I'm going to, I'm absolutely uncompromisingly dedicated to that.
1: So yeah, really normal stuff. Really good normal stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. You go like this. <laughs> That's right, It's my Tom Cruise laugh.
0: I can't do the Tom Cruise laugh.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I can't do it.
0: No, it's it's very Tom Cruisey. So, yeah, he kind of went into... It's intense. Yeah, like, that. I, I will defend Tom Cruise in so much, but, like, just watching that video again, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, Tom, baby, why? But the thing is, the thing that kind of blows my mind, like, Tom Cruise was, I mean, he was dropped from a very lucrative deal with Paramount, he you know, his career was really badly damaged. Luckily, it wasn't irreversibly damaged. Like, and it happens with a lot of people who get cancelled or whatever. But I find it fascinating how the public was just like, oh, Tom Cruise is weird and gross and I don't like him. And he like, it really did bad damage to his career. Whereas there are actors who have done some really dreadful things that have faced absolutely no repercussions in the public. Like Sean Penn bashed up madonna with a baseball bat once tied her up and beat her up like yeah there's i don't know in the grand scheme of horrible things i know scientology has some dark stuff that you know abuses and things that happen within the religion but you know as far as we know tom cruise hasn't bashed someone with a baseball bat or sexually assaulted anyone or like the worst i've ever heard is in the 80s he but he has been
1: the face the face of a religion which is systemically abusive.
0: Yeah, but how many actors are Catholic and Christian? And then they're... I mean, I guess they're not the face of it, but...
1: Totally. I guess Scientology is just like a bit of a weirder one because he actively is that face for it. And some of their practices with disassociation and their fair game policy, which is Scientology's uh, method of utilising dirt on people against them in fair game, if they are a suppressive person. And even to the point of encouraging that disassociation of those suppressive persons. It, It feels like a funny one to... To contend with. Like, I think some of the area where it gets a little harder to be, oh, no, you, you should or shouldn't support a person because of their involvement in a religion that's particularly awful, is that he's outside of that 10 minute video of talking really strangely and weirdly. We don't actually know anything about the extent of his involvement with Scientology, what he actually does for them, what he's actually seen, I get the feeling that he's probably protected inside that organisation in a way that he would never actually see any negative aspects of it. I wholly wholly believe that. I don't think that's a good excuse, but I truly believe that David Miscavige, who is is the head of Scientology uh, and has been for a while now, who he's very, very, very close friends with. Best and man who's wedding to Katie man- Holmes. Yep. And, and, and has a way of presenting himself which is very similar to Tom Cruise. He's just a lot uglier. That <laughs> um, like I'm not sure that that is, is something that can still be excusable. I, I feel like that there is always going to be a mixed element with Tom Cruise where I think you can easily see him... Everyone can really see him as one of the biggest actors and stars of this generation. Um, Someone that is insane and really really influential in terms of the way that they get involved with their stunts and producing the films and assurance to quality there's all these stories about people that work with him on movies that talk about what a professional he is and how amazing he is and how spectacular spectacular he is based on these the weird controversies in in, in the mid-naughties nothing he did was particularly bad mm. really what it, it just comes down to is is just how prominent he is and how on the front line he is for
0: a really weird religion a
1: really weird <laughs> bad religion
0: <laughs> yeah it's strange like
1: and obviously the answer is yes we're looking past this and we can happily watch these movies but i think that that almost has to happen simultaneously with acknowledging that he is part of this incredibly weird thing
0: and like, and i think about it like when i found out chris pratt is deeply deeply religious i don't know what religion it is some some christianity Like, I was just like... Pretty sure he's
1: pretty certain he's Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I just, like, dusted my hands here. I was already a bit over him because I liked him as Andy in Parks and Recs and I didn't like what he was becoming. But yeah, it's funny how I can be like, ah, Scientology's weird, but I still love Tom Cruise, but Chris Pratt, I'm like, ah, he's religious. Fuck him then. But then Hugh Jackman's religious and I didn't cancel him. So it's funny how we, uh...
1: Well, no, we're not going to cancel anyone because they're... Because they're straight up religious. It's more uh, about... I'm like,
0: cancelling them for, my, <laughs> <laughs> for personal reasons. For, and also, Chris Pratt is a hunter and... What was the other thing? Oh, he knew, he and Anna Faris were cool to a dog, so... Fuck All it.
1: right, well, we've got a plenty of reasons. And none of them <laughs> were jumping up on a couch to, to stoke his love for Anna Faris. Exactly. So, you're going to hate this, but the way that Tom Cruise... Because he's in a pretty good position at the moment. He's actually well liked again. He's very successful. He's, he's I think considered... he's becoming,
0: like, I don't want to say that I had anything to do with it. But, wow. Um, in the last year, <laughs> I think probably because of Mission Impossible Fallout, maybe, like, he has just seems to be becoming, like, yeah. everyone seems to be forgetting a little bit of the weird, controversial stuff. And people are so, like, I see lots of memes and I see referenced really positively in different things. Yeah,
1: and people have a lot of nice stories about him. Also, he probably has a very good publicist again. Yes. Um, so you're going to hate this, but one of the things that ended up being really good for him was Tropic Thunder. Uh, that hell. was the start of, like, him actually getting that reputation back again because people saw him as this very self-serious, very sort of um, self-conscious person, and that showed that he wasn't self-conscious, that he was willing to lighten up, that he was willing to do something silly and make himself look bad. And it, n- knowing that you don't Love that role and that movie. That was very, very good for his for his public image at the time. Well,
0: good on him for Les Grossman then, I guess. Fucking hell. <laughs> All
1: right. So, final thing to talk about is his involvement with extremely problematic religion, Scientology. And I urge everyone to watch any number of really fascinating documentaries about it and the things behind it, particularly uh, the documentary film Going Clear. Or uh, Louis Thoreau's My Scientology movie, or BBC have got a couple of um, Scientology specials that they've done uh, over the last 20 years. They did one of the first ones, which came out around the same time as all this stuff was happening, which was probably what part of the, what stoked the flame. But a lot of the really silly and fun rumours that have come out over time is that things like Scientology has developed an extra operating Thetan level uh, that just only a in. couple of people have gotten, and that Tom Cruise may, in fact, be one of those people.
0: Who else would be?
1: Probably just David Miscavige. And, just to get their uh, own little Club of yeah, picture. just be the two of them, and like that's the way that like keep, they keep him like in the throw. Like yeah, he's always going to be a Scientologist, and Jenna Elfman's always going to be really angry that she's not operating <laughs> beaten level, you know, <laughs> eleven seven, and her and Nancy Cartwright are just sitting at lowly nines or something.
0: Who else is who else is the, would be high up in Scientology? I don't know.
1: I, I presume it'd have to be just like I always presume that everyone that's high up in Scientology is a person that runs like a. Uh, fortune 500 company but they're like company 463 and they've got like a pyramid scheme company or like they do like home cooked meals delivery service sort of stuff like it's all just like these really like self-help style like uh companies in which people have just done business training and people training and leadership training and to me that's what Scientology mostly is and then there's all this weird Elron Hubbard navy and science fiction writing that happens off in the background that we all focus on that probably makes up a yeah. very boring amount of it. And that's mostly just people doing things of just
0: endless how to, seminars how, of how like, to
1: address a person when you see that. how to shut down a conversation but still look like the good guy.
0: Yeah, we like just endless seminars in the Scientology Center in LA. That we won to once and was a strange time.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I have a question for you. What
1: are Tom Cruise's special powers? What now that he is perfectly clear and he is has unlimited power, he is the biggest star in Hollywood and that's his unlimited is that his power? He's the biggest star in Hollywood?
0: Oh, yeah, and also, like... Do you think he, he can time travel? I don't think that he can time travel. I think he has, like, some sort of regenerative powers. Has he got
1: telekinetic powers? Maybe. Can he make money with his mind?
0: No, he makes money with really good movies, and... Can he fly? <laughs> I wish. That'd be so good. Uh, no, he catches planes, unfortunately, so... Okay. Uh, no, I was going to ask you, uh, why do you think Tom Cruise... So, there's a period there where Tom Cruise made lots of movies that were quite dramatic, like... A Few Good Men, Magnolia, and even like romantic comedies and like, like a romantic drama kind of things like Jerry Maguire and Vanilla Sky they were just did. But he hasn't done that for quite a while now. Why do you reckon he just keeps doing these big action movies?
1: I think he's having fun, but he, he does do those movies from time to time, doesn't
0: he? Well, if you look up what he's done, Val- Valkyrie was kind of like a film he did to repair his reputation after that Scientology
1: Yeah, along with Lions Lions for Lambs and Tropic Thunder.
0: Oh, Lions for Lambs, my God. That's a movie. That's a drama and a half. So, yeah, but like if you look at his filmography, his last bunch of movies have all been super action-y like in the last 10 years. I don't know.
1: I reckon it's Dad getting a motorcycle. Uh, Do you think it's uh,
0: like a midlife crisis kind of thing?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. How
0: how old is he now? 57.
1: Yeah, no, he's only got a few action movies left in him. He's going to have to move into drama town in about three or four years. Do you think? He's going to do these last two Mission Impossible movies. Then I reckon he's going to call it a day on action.
0: I don't know if he'll call it a day. I think he will just be like, okay, now I need to calm down. Because I imagine his knees are... If I, at 37, have shit knees, I'm sure he at 57.
1: Look, this is what I think about at home. I'm just sitting down. I'm trying to enjoy my Boxing Day night. And I think, God, I hope Tom Cruise's knees are okay. I just, <laughs> I just, you know... He's really, he's really giving. What a I think is, when I
0: I'm kneeling on the ground and it takes me ten minutes to get up because my knees fucking hurt so much. <laughs> and like Tom Cruise can jump like between buildings and do fucking flips in the air and God knows what. And all right,
1: how are you gonna do your own stunts in the upcoming Mission Impossible movies? I don't know if you're already hurting your knees.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think a part of it is he's as he gets older, he wants to prove that he still you know has it in him. Um, do you think also that I think we talked about this in one of my other podcasts? I can't remember which one. Do you think the the cruise I don't know what the word was. Like there was a bunch of movies. Like was like the Color of Money. There was um, Cocktail. There was Days of Thunder. Where. It was like he's the young, headstrong, dickheadish protégé. An older man has to kind of tell him, teaching him the ways of the world and everything, or teaching this skill or whatever. Do you think that Tom Cruise is going to become the older man and start doing movies like that at some point? I don't know. Or is he a little bit too vain, I guess? Like he's not, never going to be the one who concedes, like hands, thing, hands the uh, rod think, over to the young person?
1: I don't know. I bet think about the way that he does things, and when he gets into like his 65, 70 sort of period, I think he's going to have to be the bad guy. I think he's a bad guy. He's going to be the bad guy.
0: But he already is the bad guy. He's right?
1: going to be super villains. He's going to be in a super villain movie.
0: Is he? He hasn't even been in a villain, uh, superhero movie nah, yet. He'll,
1: he'll do it. He'll be a, he'll be the bad guy in a movie.
0: Who do you reckon? What villain do you think he He's would be? He's going
1: to be a big one. He's going to be a massive one. Like who? <sighs> it's a good question.
0: You're, you're the comical um, guy?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm a big one.
0: Okay, I think about that one. Uh, anything else you would like to, to talk about?
1: Um, outside of actually doing these sorts of things, I, I think one of the things that I think Tom Cruise really uh, seems to enjoy is producing movies and making movies. He just wants to be involved in movies. That seems to be his entire uh, focus at the moment. So maybe over the next 20 years, he maybe takes a step back from acting and he just starts being a person who creates movies. Maybe he actually gets behind the camera finally. Maybe. He's always talked about it. Has he really? um, Yeah,
0: yeah. Ah.
1: Um, But always just said, no, 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 I don't want to be the director because I want someone to tell me how to act in a movie and I want that relationship. Maybe he stops acting in some of these things and he actually starts being Clint Eastwood or Robert Redford and starts doing this behind the scenes directing.
0: Yeah, that'd be very interesting. And I would watch every one of those movies as well. Mm.
1: I believe he needs to be operating at level 14 before he's given the power of directing,
0: though. (laughs) Are there any famous film directors who are... Currently, Scientologists.
1: Currently, no. But Paul Haggis would have been the biggest one, and he is very anti-Scientology now.
0: Do you think Tom Cruise will ever leave Scientology? Who knows? Like, do you think they have like some at this stage? Him? He's probably why he doesn't or he doesn't realize how bad it is. Or
1: I imagine that's the same for a lot of celebrities. Like, I don't think so at this point. Like, if anyone's going to stay, it's going to be him. Uh, they probably just look after him way too well.
0: Yeah. Right. Do you think um, John DeVolta might leave?
1: Possibly because that one's a little been bit, having
0: a bit of a rough trot
1: that one's a little bit more controversial and that has to do with his kid and that has to do with yeah his kid's kid dying and which
0: is why i'm fascinated why everyone's like yeah tom cruise is a scientologist and i mention john travolta being scientologist like really like yeah his kid died man because of scientology but people don't realize it it's really strange because tom cruise is the face the big handsome face
1: not definitely because of scientology but possibly because of scientology
0: that's another thing for another, oh, another conversation <laughs>
1: Anyway, we need to have one more drink because it's Boxing Day night and it's almost midnight.
0: And we've gone for nearly one hour, Benjamin. So Great. What a mini so! What a, a mini soda and a half. Oh, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, Ben, where do we find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me, uh, Ben Jungles, on Twitter or Toontown Express on Instagram. Thank you for having me on your show once again.
0: You're welcome, Benjamin. Thank you for being here. Thank you for putting up with me and my weird habits of tom cruise watching and talking and i look forward to watching mission impossible fallout another 20 times in 2020
1: okay thank you i hope you feel like i was too mean to you today i do really like tom cruise i promise
0: i know you do (laughs) all right thank you and goodbye